Hey, listener, what's up? Thank you for pressing play this week on the Jock and Nerd podcast. Diamond Distributors shuts down due to the coronavirus pandemic, essentially shutting down the comic book industry for now. What? Is this the death of print comics? The title of box office champ resumes as China reopens theaters and re-releases blockbuster movies like Avengers Endgame and Avatar. Plus, the puppet picks this week's movie as we review 1991's The Fisher King, share listener comments, and a whole bunch more. All in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Thursday, March 26th, 2020. Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried, and you're listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Why? I don't know. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Jock and Nerd. Hello, listener, what's up, and welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we deliver comic book and superhero TV and movie news reviews. And whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd. My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the jock. Uh, he's the nerd. And that filthy, felty over there may or may not, may not be infected. I don't know. How you feeling this week, Rugs? What's up, Rug Boy? I feel a little itchy in my uh, slack hole. Oh, that's it's, it. oh, that's a little different. bit of an itch. No, that's, a, that's a different problem. Yeah, I'm not coughing like I was last yeah, week. Yeah, last week I was about to weld your door shut and uh, lock it no. down, rocks. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yes. Feed me feed me bats. Bring out your dead. Yeah, we were going to get you. But look, you guys, uh, it's a crazy time. Uh, new crazy every week. Right, Anthony? What's the new crazy this week? What do you get? What have you ha- had to get used to? I don't know. I haven't really left my house ah. all that much. Good so. for you. Good for I'm you. Left where, you know, left where I'm staying, so... Well, did you have to go run out for supplies, either of you? I did. I, I took a because uh, I'm staying with my my parents in the burbs because they're a little older. So I'm not normally where I am, but I have all my clothes here. And I take her took her to Walmart or Costco. Wearing, excuse me. Were you wearing masks? She went in and she wore a mask and gloves and glasses. That's something that uh, that's a new normal. I'm everyone's just starting to get used to. You see more and more people Seeing wearing more masks that, yeah. everywhere. I got to tell you, the traffic being so light as it is, that's lovely. That, that, is, that is strange because I, yeah. I did go out to run an air and I was like, these roads are empty. There is yes. nothing. Yes, this on. always reminds me of the Bill Burr um, comedy sketch where he talks about like he's killing a bunch of people that go on cruises and it would like thin out the herd. Yes. And then he's like, traffic is great. Traffic would, would think it was horrible. Fall. But then all of a sudden oh, people were like, ah, <laughs> I can get to work on time. Uh, yeah, send them all those cruises. So dark. Oh my yeah, God, it kind of came true. This is kind of long, but uh, the fat Jewish on Instagram. Yeah, so he's great. Out. Yeah. So it's pretty. It's a little long, but I, I'll read it because it's, it's funny. So imagine if 10 years ago you were approached by a time traveler and he was like, look, I don't have too much time to explain. All I can tell you is the year 2020 is going to be an absolute circus. You know Donald Trump, the star of The Apprentice? Well, he's president of the U.S., and at the beginning of 2020, he gets into a Twitter beef with Iran that almost starts World War III. 
Australia catches on fire and a woman tries to save it by selling the selling pictures of her boobs. <laughs> Kobe Bryant passes away in a helicopter crash. Half the world is devastated. The other half just makes messed up memes. A <laughs> little time passes. It's just when the world starts recovering from the loss of Kobe. Some dude in China eats a raw bat and starts a global pandemic that specifically kills mamas and pawpaws. Everyone loses their minds. 40% of the population thinks the it's the end of the world. Another 40% thinks it's all fake. And 20% blames the whole thing on, a cell, on cell phone towers and Tom Hanks' kids. The one thing everyone seems to agree on is the only way to survive is by hoarding toilet paper. Grocery stores are ransacked, and Charmin Ultrasoft essentially replaces the dollar as the U.S. official currency. Eventually, as hysteria grows, world governments are forced to shut the entire planet down, lock everyone in their houses, and the only person that can keep people from flipping out and starting a huge riot is a gun-toting, mullet-sporting, homosexual Oklahoma man with a meth addiction and 180 pet tigers. Yeah. Yes, he gets points for the Tiger King fucking reference. I've heard so many Tiger King things oh, in these past couple of days. We'll get, I've watched a couple of episodes, so in, in our What We're Watching segment, uh, we okay. can talk about that a little bit, but I just saw that on online, too, and yeah, sums it up pretty good there, uh, Fat Jewish. Nice job. I mean, oh, you don't even shit. have to go back 10 years. Go back two, three weeks, and you'd be like, no way. Yeah, no way. Yes. This is how if you going. read this like three weeks ago, I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. Unbelievable. Look, it's a crazy time to go out. It's a crazy time to have events like birthdays, but we have a birthday, gentlemen. It's our birthday. Oh, shit. We have officially. I didn't get myself anything. Yes, we have officially. Oh, shit. Oh, nice. shit. Coming in, I was brought in. <laughs> I fucking loved it. Uh, we, this officially completes, listener, five years of the Jock and Nerd podcast. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. So our five-year plan was to be like rich podcasters that was like, it? like like as famous as Joe Rogan, right? And we, we accomplished that, right? Uh, sure. We, we hit it. We're there. Why not? Yeah. Pretty close. Yes. What? Within spitting distance. Yes. We're very close. We're right on his ass. Just a geez. couple of digits away. But so to put that in perspective, listener, that's 260 weeks of content every week. And we only missed the two weeks. Only two weeks missed. That's a fucking lot, and I don't remember anything I have said on any of these shows. Like, what Me is all? Either. What is all that filled with? I can't imagine. If it wasn't for the drops, I don't remember <laughs> what anything I said. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, another thing to celebrate. If you want to uh, mark this day in in time, Thursday, March twenty sixth, twenty twenty, USA now officially number one in coronavirus cases across the world. We are number one. Yay. Was I thought we just beat Italy where we passed oh, China. Now uh, we just passed China in the last few hours. Uh <laughs> these reports started coming out. So there you go. Five years of podcasting and uh global pandemic. Let's get on with the geek news, fellas. Why not? The Jock, Jock and Ned Podcast. Uh, so look, I know everybody's probably like sick and tired about hearing about about all this, but it kind of does affect everything everybody talks about right now. It affects a lot of the things we talk about and cover and follow in the geek sphere. So another huge, huge consequence of this coronavirus, um, diamond distributors shuts down. Oh, shit. This is very big, uh, listener. Diamond distributors, the distributor for Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, Image, Boob Studios and Dynamite and many others. Boob Studios? Boob Studios. 
boom with an exclamation mark. Oh. Uh, they've informed publishers that it will no longer be accepting new product at its warehouses and all shipping and to retailers will cease from April 1st. Oh, shit. Uh, for those that don't know how it works, the comic book stores are part of this direct market. And the only way to get into comic book stores is to go through Diamond. They kind of have a monopoly on distribution. So if you get into Diamond, stores can order your books, get them on the shelves. You know, it's not like it used to be where you, they would ship to newsstands and other places. It's all direct market. So this essentially halts all new comic books for the foreseeable future and may be the nail in the coffin, maybe for print comic books. Guys, what do you think? Can the industry survive this mm. if they have to rely on digital uh, releases only? Or I don't know, you can't even ship these out to individual people now. I mean, I think that the viable market will die. Yeah. I think the actual business will start to die. And I think it'll only be like these books and like Barnes and Nobles and stuff like that. Like these major, st- I think these little mom and pop stores. Yeah. And it's happening. Al- it's happening already. Gone. Stores are shutting down all sorts of stores. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't, I mean, this isn't unique to just comic books, but I mean, this is definitely an industry that is going to be affected because a lot of it's small, you know, as rug said, small businesses. So these small businesses aren't, you know, unlike food, you can't just go and have drives curbside pickup for your comics because they're not going to have any comics to deliver. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be unfortunate, but I, I don't know what the numbers look like digitally, but these mom and pop uh, comic book stores, unless they have, unless they're connected to something else or have some other, you know, things that they sell that sell a lot more. This, yeah, it's unfortunate. This yeah. I mean, these stores are struggling to begin with. Exactly. All right. Razor thin margins to begin with. They're barely getting by now yeah. because of the such big influx of new fans that are coming to the stores. No, <laughs> right, from not. all the movies that they're yeah. sending, making new readers. Yeah, so what happened They're to not that? going to the stores. Yeah. They're not being part of that kind of community. They're kind of doing their own kind of, their own kind of fandom, which I guess is just tweeting about things. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, these stores are, are dead. I mean, this is just the nail in the coffin. This, this is, a, you're not going to see comic book stores come back. That's crazy. I mean, so, you know, currently I don't have a pull list anymore. I stopped going, but I feel, I really feel for someone who has a, a healthy pull list. And it's, remember back in uh, 2012, Anthony, imagine it's 2012 and we're in our routine and I was buying like fucking shit ton of books every week, really excited. Imagine in the middle of that, it just fucking stops. Just all of a sudden and i would be i'd be just fucking i don't know it would suck <laughs> yeah i mean that's good thing you're not buying comic books now <laughs> i know good thing you would have had an aneurysm maybe like oh no i'm not gonna find out well you know the same with tv shows a lot of these seasons we're not gonna get to see the season finales of current seasons find out what happens it's, i mean it's just it's it's all part of the larger issue of what's yeah. how things are right now well, this is a catalyst for a lot of things to change. Yeah. Right? Which could be good or bad, depending on what you love. Everything has its season. You know, we had CDs. We had a whole industry of uh, of music shopping. There was a whole thing about going to a store and getting a CD and going to the guy and asking him about bands and whatever. That's all gone now. Yeah, like, yeah. everything's on. So this is the catalyst for this now to be over and done with and well it was already going yeah yeah, yeah that's so this might problem. just be the nail in the coffin yeah yeah again more yeah. E- more evidence that shit is not gonna be the same 
for large parts of industry, especially the entertainment industry, but large parts of every industry. Uh, listener, let us know if you were crestfallen, if you had a pull list that got stopped. Join our fan club, Jock and Nerd Nation, on Facebook. No, it's not our fan club. It's our Facebook group. The fan club is later. Join our Facebook group and chop it up with us and all our listeners. Uh, we like to hang out there. Uh, I did something fun and just did an impromptu uh, one of them live stream things oh, shit. earlier this week, just in the group. You know how the kids, they're all doing this live stream, that Twitch streaming. It wasn't Twitch. It was on Facebook group. Uh, but you guys should join me. You guys should cam up. Who are you me? talking about? Yeah, you two fuckers. Oh, you want me to be on camera? I do. We can surprise, uh, get, you know, just check in with everyone, see how they're doing. I want to say a big shout out to everyone who hung out, uh, like uh, Wes Cranford from Australia and the Morrisons from Canada and Jess Rivera, Fiddlesticks. All the big names were there. The nation came out to represent. You can. How many people? I don't know. 12, maybe. Oh. <laughs> For 12 people? Yeah. No. This For, is going great. If, if we could get a guaranteed like 50 to 100 people, maybe I do. So there's 400 people just in the group, but we can also stream out publicly on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, all at the same time. I think we can get that many people to make compelling content. I don't know. We'll see. I was testing it out. It was fun. Join the Facebook group, Jock Under Nation. Or uh, more updates I mean, about that. Yeah, I mean, it would be it would be content we could put out on YouTube. It might not be that much of a waste of time, but yeah, it's just uh, people like to see a. I, mean, I like to talk to the fans. Yeah. I mean, this should be something that we do on Patreon. That's all I'm saying. Like, we should do this for our fans, and they can get involved through the Patreon. We could do that. Also, yeah. exclusive hangouts. That's later for the fan club rugs. All right. Wait, wait, wait. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. What else? All is- right. Well, look, this what- is what it sounds like <laughs> behind the scenes. <laughs> all this right. is some inside baseball. Uh, right, what are we talking about? Wonder more Woman? Uh, release dates pushed back. Wonder Woman. This one's not as drastic as the other movies. Whereas, like, Black Widow still doesn't have a date. It's just been removed. Still, you, it just got delayed last week. Yeah, but usually when they do that, they give it a new date. I don't think it's smart to give anything no. dates right it, now. Well, Wonder Woman has given a new date. It is now going to be released August 14th. It was going to come out June 5th. So they just pushed back, like, two months to be safe, I guess. That's a, and that's not... Like a huge, crazy delay, inevitable for sure. Uh-huh. Um, but if seeing as if uh, theaters open back up by then, which they've started to in China, which is uh, which is interesting. So, hmm. also Marvel Studios reportedly, essentially, entirely shut down for the foreseeable future. Oh shit! Yeah, Everything is halted. Olymp- Olympics got delayed. Olympics postponed. They just need to push that back a whole year. Yeah, by That's Dick Pound. Doing. Yeah, Dick Pound and Dick it. Pound is that his oh, name? Shit. Oh yeah, my I god. Yeah, I mean, why Dick would you Pound name it? yourself Dick Pound? Like, is it, his name is Richard. Richard Pound. He could have sounded like a <laughs> modicum, a little bit more <laughs> respectful, but he had to go with Dick Pound. Hi, I'm Dick Pound, and I run the Olympics. Yeah, how you doing? <laughs> you got a problem? You go see Dick Pound. You <laughs> I mean, does he know that he has a poor name? Does he care? I don't know. You don't think that poll is long enough? You go see Dick Pound. <laughs> He'll take care of you. Is this regulation? Is this, are those regulation shoes? You're going to have to ask Dick Pound. Yeah. Was that metal large enough? Uh, let's get Dick Pound looped into this. <laughs> I love that guy's name. Yeah, but they, they what they push it back to 2021 just because you're not yeah. doing the qualifying meets and like all that shit is is canceled. You can't have a thing. Yeah, they, they just they got it. They were under a lot of pressure. And they, they finally did it. 
So then it just takes place every a year after leap year. I don't know. Who cares? Just fucking push it back. I think it's a well. I think it's going to cost Japan billions of dollars. Oh to push sure, it back. that's true. Yeah. So that was part of it. Mm, that's a good point. They waited and they were trying to wait this out the longest. Definitely. You know, because the first thing I thought of when this was happening, I was like, "Oh, you got to cancel the Olympics. You can't have everybody show up in one place." Japan is actually a. They've really curbed coronavirus, but yeah, you can't have all these people from all these goddamn countries going yeah, to one place. No. And then going back home, after. Yeah. the fuck are you doing? Japan and Singapore surprisingly have suppressed their numbers. The rest Hong of Kong. us. Hong Kong, South Korea. And South Korea. That's what I meant. South Korea, Japan. But Singapore too. Singapore right. too, yeah. But then the rest of Europe and the US, the fucking curve, it just keeps going up. Oh, yeah. That's because yeah. Europeans don't listen at people. Yeah, none of us do. They don't listen to rules. They're like, why like, did you say you. none of us do, Imran? I mean, Europeans and Americans. Some lump of Americans <laughs> in there. I was like, when were you European? We're all peeing at some time. You gotta I'm take a peeing a, right I'm a, now. I'm a peeing right now. Is that what that noise You're is? You're a peeing. Oh, shit. We're all a peeing. No, but <laughs> case in point, we said before, we just got uh, an EAS emergency alert on our phones and TV from the mayor of Chicago telling us that she is shutting down Ooh, the lake someone's front. staying hydrated that's he's I'm european. A he's a pian. he's <laughs> european the mayor saying i'm shutting down the lakefront parks trails everything outdoors because you fuckers can't follow directions and there's pictures of people walking together in parks god forbid oh, quarantine <laughs> uh but we, we're not listening so now she's put an official uh order out J- just think about that though like again Two, three weeks ago, how, how asinine that, that would yes, have sounded. Yes. What are you guys doing walking in parks together? If you see two people <laughs> on the beach, you're like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Get them. Somebody. We Someone can't get have them. This. Did so, you see those? Somebody uh, calls somebody. There's videos on social media, I think, in Instagram of how India is enforcing it. And they're just they have sticks and they're just beating people that are oh, walking on the street. That, oh, man, that would be the greatest. That's how I got raised. That's typical Indian culture. Absolutely. You just wrap you a little bit on the back of the leg. India, a country of a billion people locked down for 21 days. Oh, shit. That's crazy. Yeah. And, they're, and people like in those little jeepneys or cars that are trying to like pick up people, they're getting beat up, too. There's, there's people just getting slapped with bamboo sticks. <laughs> A little caning. A little caning will put... Never hurt anybody, right? Look, that'll set you straight. You won't fucking go out after that. You'd be like, fuck no, they're caning people out there. I'm not going out there. That's what they should do here. I think... We have no penalties. This is what... we don't. Yeah. I mean, I see people outside. I walk around yelling this. Get your hand off my penis! There there are penalties. I just don't think anything's can really be enforced or is being enforced. It's hard to enforce it. Because we have the right to be assholes. Yo, did you uh, do you have your papers? Did you see people who have papers and they got to show their papers? Ray O'Neill in Hawaii posted to the Facebook group. He's like, I got my official paper to be out. And it says in there, this is an essential worker. I'm <laughs> like, we have gotten to the point where you get pulled over. The guy's going to be like, do you have your papers? Please. Can I see your papers, sir? I think David and David Zika in Florida had the same sort yeah. of post. And I'm seeing more people that got my paper. Fiddlestick uh, said the same thing. He is, his name is a. Uh- Infectious disease. Yeah. Yes. That, when, that does make when sense. When does Stephen Corona join the Facebook group? Yeah. Oh, shit. We need one of those. We have a David Zika. We also need a, we need a Mike, uh, Mer- Dan Sars. Dan Mike Sars. Mer- Mike Merz. Eugene Ebola. <laughs> Eugene Ebola. Eugene Ebola. Oh, shit. You know the way. He does. <laughs> he does know the way. This is like Stan Lee came up He's with the these only names. one that knows the way. Yes. Can you show us the way away from Corona? Tell me the way. Uh, oh my god. Uh, okay, so here's another crazy thing that happened this weekend. The U.S. box office for the first time in its 100 year history recorded exactly 
zero revenue. Oh shit! For the weekend, and I was reading reports from the the reporters writing articles about how you know they every weekend they're used to like looking up the early numbers and guessing and playing this game, and how weird it is that there's just nothing now. Nothing. It's nothing to do. <laughs> it's nothing to write about. No. In the meantime, China is on the back end of this. Supposedly. People, supposedly, they're getting back to work. Factories are opening, and they have reopened about 600 to 700 cinemas, movie theaters. Back open. Possibly, I think they're showing free movies. And to get people back into the swing things and the help, they are re-releasing Hollywood blockbusters. All four of Marvel's Avengers movies are going to be re-released. And also Avatar and Chris Nolan movies Inception, Interstellar, as well as some Chinese highest grossing. They're basically re-releasing all the highest grossing movies in China ever, which sets up an interesting race, the race for the highest grossing movie back on listener Oh shit. between Endgame and Avatar. Endgame currently on top, but just by a little bit, uh, the, the, the top leader could change. With this re-release, we'll see how many people come out that they've been locked in for like three months. That's weird. Right? Well, that'd be interesting. You said it was free, though. It's possibly. I think they're going to start letting them. And no, but nothing changes if it's free. Oh, that's a good point. Oh. <laughs> no, it does say the, the, the license holders are taking a cut. I think what they're going to do is they're going to bypass their, their cut and let the theaters keep it. I don't know. 25% of share share of sales is what they usually get US rights holders to these movies. So, all right. But if it's free, then it's a good point. It's not going to make a difference. Well, I'm sure that there's going to be more about this. Do we'll do, see. Do you think US theaters should when it comes back maybe have a couple of free showings to kind of help people uh ease back into life? What is I don't understand what a free showing would make me. You could go see a new movie for free. I don't know. I know, but well, how does that how does that ease me back into it? I don't know. It doesn't help fucking business. It doesn't help the movie. Either. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't help business. Maybe maybe because at that point you may have lost your job, you may have sure. lost your savings, your 401k. I don't I know. Guess, yeah. You know? I guess, yeah. I I I that I could see, but yeah. it wouldn't make me feel any safer because I'm not paying anything. No, yeah, just, but maybe like once they get you into the theater, they can be like, "Oh, you know what? I went to the movies because I had nothing else to do, yeah, and I didn't die, so I'll do go again." Life's back on. Come on, see a movie. You can buy popcorn. The movie's maybe, free. Maybe you just go and you can be you get you catch it from someone. You're asymptomatic. You spread it to twenty other people and <laughs> oh, uh, no. and oh and we're happens. back in it again. <laughs> see how are we ever gonna know when it's over? There's no way to know. I don't know who's going to make this decision. Apparently, Easter. Listen, everyone's going to get it. We're all going to get immune to it. And then the people that are unfortunately going to have to be hospitalized. And that's what's going to happen. I, w- I was just about to say, uh, maybe we should get our corona advice from uh, Vanessa Hutchins. Oh, yeah. She seems to uh, really believe. The, there were, I think I saw that. <laughs> or Evangeline Lilly. Yeah. Oh, my God. She, oh, she's she, she, she's oh, out of Marvel, from what I heard. Did that, maybe, I don't know if that was a rumor, a rumor or not. And apparently yeah. she's apologized, so okay. she may be back in. I don't think they would. I mean, they might kick her out. But they might. They might. I, I saw a, a meme or, or, or uh, yeah, meme that was like, Trump announces his new head of uh, disease control. And then there's just a picture of Vanessa Hutchins. <laughs> I mean, it, I did. I finally caught walk, got around to watching that clip. I was like, oh, man, that's real bad. 
Yeah, she was real yeah, stupid. yeah. She even said it. She's like, I probably shouldn't be saying this. Yeah, that, yeah. that was the well, cor- only correct it's thing. It's like said. a virus, and, but it's inevitable. Death, right? This is going saying. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not great. I mean, look, it, it's somewhat true, but it's kind of very cold and ridiculous. Cold, and and it's it's tough to be sitting in your mansion saying yes. something like that. Yeah. Oh, please. oh my god! Like, what, gotta, what are we doing yes. aboard? You got to self quarantine in yeah, your million Twitter dollar mansion. Twitter is not the place for anything. No, you got tw- people on Twitter. We got millennials that are trying to blame Gen Z only for spreading the shit. Like they don't go out. <laughs> yeah, we don't go like, out. Nobody, it's you guys. nobody in their yeah. late twenties, yeah. early thirties goes drinking. No, we yeah, don't. No, no one. No <laughs> one does. It. We just sit at home and play Fortnite. That's all you guys. They're do. like trying to act like they have nothing to do with this. This ain't our like, fault. Yeah, I'm like. <laughs> It's not. It's everybody's fault, and it's nobody's fault. It we is. never went that, to China. You never went. To, <laughs> we were on the beach at spring break. That wasn't us. I was. I was doing a lot of reminding people. I'm like, yeah, who? Like, when did you stop going to spring break, Anthony? Did you stop as, immediately as college ended? You never went on spring break again. I don't say I don't. I never went on spring break again. But it's never. It's not like I never went out and to any sort of lo- exotic locale and did debaucherous things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can have spring break whenever you want when you grow up. Yeah. This is true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can fund your own spring breaks. Yeah. So you don't ask for your parents' money. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> Who has money to go and do this shit? Like high school kids? No. It's uh it's, it's I was thinking about our age. how I was in New Orleans and now it's empty there and they had between the time I was there and now they had Mardi Gras and how many fuckers probably spread that shit around yeah. during Mardi Gras in New Orleans on Bourbon Street. And now Strange it's time. it's shut down after seeing that in January to see it shut down. And the pictures of Chicago, all cities with no traffic are fucking wild. Very strange time. Let's I want to talk a little bit about how this uh, whole thing is going to affect the streaming war, because hmm. that will also be affected. For example, Disney Plus uh, just is launching in UK. I believe it should be launched by the time this show posts. But. It will feature lowered streaming quality in order to combat uh, congestion from everyone staying at home. Oh, shit. So good news, bad news, UK. You can finally, even though Baby Yoda's been spoiled, you can finally watch the Baby Yoda show. It's just going to maybe not be in fucking 4K resolution, which. Uh, I'm curious because I, I noticed, I think. When we last talked, I was saying Netflix stock went up. Let's just Google yes, it I want to know if these companies' stocks went up because Netflix and YouTube also have lowered their streaming quality in Europe at the behest of the European Union. Yeah, Netflix stock has gone up. Um, let's see here. I was month. actually right about something. Uh, well, it's actually been fluctuating, yeah, but shit. you would think that uh, you know these companies would be um, benefiting from this. But then I'm I'm curious to see once you know. People are losing their jobs as we speak. That's true. Um, Where does the balance out? Because you got to imagine more people signing up for maybe Hulu or Amazon Prime or Disney what Plus. I'm, well, what I'm saying is, is this considered discretionary? Thing, you know, spending, and then people are cutting this stuff first. Yeah. Or are they yeah. like, this is essential part? I'm so goddamn depressed. Yeah. That I need an outlet, and this is the only outlet that I'd ever have. Yeah. So I'm keeping my subscription. It's going to depend where a person's priorities and sanity lie, but. Maybe you don't need all of them. Maybe that's a case too. But I, yeah, I would, yeah, that's a good point. But uh-huh. if you also, if you're not spending money on sports and the movies, there should be some savings there. You want to see here something really hilarious? Yeah. Well, it's not really funny, but um, morbid. I no, will be the judge just, of I, that. I was on the phone with the cable company today. Yes. And 
no one ever answered my my phone call. I was on hold for like three hours. Oh shit! They oh, literally shit. either have nobody working. Yeah. So if you wanted to cancel your cable, you, you can't. can't. Yeah. You can't. You can't, can't even do it online because I went to do it online and they wouldn't let me do it online. Well, have, working for the company I work for, which is very customer facing and deals yeah. with a lot of stuff. Yeah. I can imagine this is the same for most every company that's doing that. Yep. Phone lines are completely jammed. Like you're not going to get any sort of people, anyone on the phone within two to three hours and emails are inundated. Like everything's just jammed. It's up. reduced hours at the stores that are open and reduced service at every business. It's just, yeah. this is the standard right I'm like, now. How am I supposed to cancel my cable? That, and yeah. there's, you know, and there's certain things you're not going to be able to do. Simple things. So, like, my mom needs to renew her D- her driver's license. I don't think that shit's happening. And no. I think they'll just probably forgive for a certain amount that it can be expired. I did hear they're, they are accepting expired things for ID, like, in planes and airports or whatever. So, hmm. Hmm. But we might, you know, make sure you have your papers. I don't know. When am I getting my papers? I want to go outside. Uh, sticking with Disney Plus, uh, some casting news for The Mandalorian Season 2. Uh, reportedly, Rosario Dawson will be playing Ahsoka Tano rugs. Did you see this? Yes, I did. Is it? I feel like it may be just like a one episode cameo. I mean, I don't know. Uh, Hopefully what, it's not. But. Boss Logic had, had done this art like three years ago, and uh, I think it's a great pick. What do you think of this casting? And can you tell me a little bit about Ahsoka Tano? Well, Ahsoka Tano is a major character if you watch Clone Wars. Yes. And I think she's even uh, cameoed in Rebels. A she's, few a, times. she's a Jedi. She is. Look, listen, she's was the Padawan of Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker. She's Anakin's Padawan. Okay. So, so she learned everything from Anakin and she was trained by Anakin and she's kind of this optimistic, uh, dual lightsaber wielding alien chick. She's badass. Yeah. Um, you know, she was. She was kind of like this, a, a little kid, you know, for most of the time that you're in Clone Wars. And uh, you do in Rebels see her, see her grown up. Wow. And she's pretty badass. And she fights Darth Vader there. You know, she fights Anakin, basically. And, like, you know, her former master during uh, Rebels. So she is uh, very resourceful. She's in the, the she's been uh, in the latest episode of uh, the Clone Wars. Okay. Yeah. In the new season. In the new season, she reappears, and uh, she's probably going to have another storyline. I can't wait to see what it is. So Rosario Dawson is going to be playing the aged-up yeah. Ahsoka, because if you figure it, uh, she's a little bit younger than Darth Vader was when he died. Right. And so he's got to be old enough to be Luke's father. So Ahsoka Tanamit is maybe... A little bit older than Luke would be. That in, makes sense. In Jedi, yeah, I guess. Yeah. And then the Mandalorian takes place after Jedi. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, basically, like, Luke Skywalker's what? In his 20s in Jedi? Yeah. You say 30. mid-20s. Yeah. So, she'd be a little bit older. So, yeah. So, I mean, the, the casting age is spot on. I think she's... I, I don't know how aliens age. I don't yeah. know how these aliens particularly <laughs> age. They don't. Like, uh, I mean, if you're just going by human age, it's yeah. it me. Seems she's amazing. Cool. I think uh, she looks like the character... And I, I'm excited. I've heard a lot about this character. I mean, this is a badass Jedi that's really closely tied into Anakin's story that we've only seen animated. It's about time to be in live action, and she's a badass girl. Anthony, I, uh, you know, we got you turned on to the Clone Wars. Does this do anything? Floppy jock. Anything for you? You never turned me on to the Clone Wars, but... Uh, I mean, not the Clone Wars, the Mandalorian. I like Rosario Dawson. I, 
literally learned just about this character right here. Yeah. Um, I mean, no, I'm pretty, I'm pretty flat on the whole thing. <laughs> All right. Well, how about this casting? Also, Mandalorian season two, um, making this person relevant again after like 30 years. Michael Bean oh, is joining the cast, possibly as a villain. Anthony, Michael Bean, uh, Reese from Terminator and an Aliens. And he's also the star of a cameo that he did for the, where he just turned the the camera on and turned it off for the Jock and Nerd podcast. Remember so that? Yeah. We tried to get a clip from Michael Pete. Oh, yeah, that's oh, right. Shit. And he didn't know how to do it. And the abyss. <laughs> <laughs> well, come with me if you want to live. Yes. Um, I like Michael Bean. Uh, I loved him in the Aliens. I, I really enjoyed him in the original Terminator. Um, no, he's been in some other stuff, but those are the two roles that popped to mind I, I first for Michael Bean. I don't think he's been relevant. I like for, to call him Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean, could you please? Yeah, he hasn't been relevant in many, many years. I'm looking at some of these movies, and they're all like, these have to be straight to fucking home video movies. I don't know. <laughs> he hasn't done anything. What are all these movies? But uh, I look, they got uh, Carl Weathers uh, from Predator. Now you got Michael Bean from Aliens and Terminator. It's a great like eighty sci fi cast. Yeah, get them all in there. Yeah, get, get them all. Dolph, in there. You know, get Dolph Lundgren and Arnold and fucking Sly. Why the fuck not? Yeah, the Hispanic chick from Aliens. Yeah, get her yeah. in there too. Her, uh, what was it? Hernandez. Var- yeah. Vargas. Vargas. That's right. That's Vargas. Yeah, in yeah. the in the movie. Bill Burr also returning next season. Because they were all locked up. Get in all that. the comedians. Yes, you get all. Get them all. Get, get Dave Chappelle in there. Fucking Mike Burbiglia, Dave Attell. <laughs> oh my oh, God, Dave, Dave Attell would be great. Dave Attell would be great. <laughs> Eddie Murphy, just sign up stand-ups. Fucking John Mulaney. I'm just gonna start naming stand-ups. Yeah, get them all in there. Everybody on the season, second season of Mandalorian. You heard it here first. Oh, nerd. on the Jock and Nerd podcast. Uh, last thing before we uh, peace out the news, I wanted to know what you guys thought. Uh, of thought. thought what you guys thought of so the 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 delays the coronavirus effects are going to have on streaming services that are about to launch that have not yet launched for example hbo max was set to launch but it's not launching well it's still going to launch but their flagship thing they were producing the friends reunion has been delayed postponed <laughs> they weren't able to tape it so that's out you know that doesn't bother me. One okay, day. so they could still launch it. Peacock, NBC's cock, still coming out. And then this one we talked about Quibi, and I think this one is going to be the most inter- interesting. Which way it plays out? Because Quibi is literally made for like your regular work day, where while you're you know you're Nobody's waiting, working. right? While you're waiting on the bus, you're waiting in line. You watch these ten minute episodes. Nobody wants a Quibi now. Is Quibi going to oh, be shit. even uh, relevant? We're about a Bigby. Where we need a do we, is everyone gonna want a big bee, a long a big bite, not a quick bite. Give me a large bite, a li- leg bee. Anthony, how would you watch Quibi now? And is it still gonna What's work? A leg bee, a leg bee. You can't just keep going after you say a leg bee. Uh, it's What's a, a leg. It's bee? a large bite. Oh, a leg bite. <laughs> big bee. What about a big bee? He just Wait, what, threw what it in so casually. You couldn't stick to big bee like, like it was big too bee because uh, a quick. Uh, slow he, bite. Well, you, slow you, he was upset that you came up with that first, so then he started to just throw fake words in front of B. It's true. And then it went with leg B, and then knew that it was bad, but just igno- didn't acknowledge it and just kept going as if Thank no one heard Anthony. that. That is the anatomy of Imran. <laughs> Let me tell you about process. Tony, all right? Tony ruins lives. <laughs> exactly, Mondo. 
Anyways, Quibi, like Anthony. <laughs> Did anybody watch it? Did you guys watch it? It hasn't movies? launched has it, yet. It hasn't launched yet. April oh. 6th. Am I going to watch it? I mean, strange things have ha- been happening in my mind since this little outbreak or this little quarantine. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I thought for the longest time I'd never do it, but I, I downloaded TikTok. Oh, shit. Oh, oh my God, Anthony. The jock's on the top, but, everyone. But I've been... Every time I go on it, I've gone on it for maybe a minute, and I'm going, "Oh man, like I, I can't." I, Ew, I really what do need you to get do on me with Snapchat? Like I can't, I can't do it. It's for like little kids. Are you going to post videos of yourself dancing, doing the floss? What the fuck? Are you, what are you doing? I, I, ha- I regret to in- to inform you guys. I've learned like three or four of the the TikTok dances already. Oh no! Um, I ah. have not recorded myself because. I feel like the the amount of creativity and people like recording this stuff, I it that part of my brain doesn't work. I would just record a straight up video, and I'm like, this does this is stupid. I'm so not here's an old person question: uh, Do you is all those effects and editing done in this app? Yeah, I believe so. I believe ah. you can do all that shit in the app. Ah. It, it, it's so overwhelming for me that yeah. I, I don't even want to post <laughs> anything. TikTok, uh, but it, it is. Imran will learn it in the weekend. Yeah, it I'll is, figure it out. It is kind of. Uh, not I wouldn't say fun is the word. I, I like watching the hot girls do the dances. Sure. So that's the appeal for me right now. But I, I don't. I don't. I, I'm debating on deleting it because I don't want to fall in this rabbit like, hole. Are there like shows on there? No, it's it's all. We can like lose Anthony. Vid- and Ron. We're gonna lose Anthony to TikTok. Yeah, Anthony. No! Anthony. Anthony. He's <laughs> before the coronavirus. Anthony Turk took this turn of like this intellectual film. Uh, you know. <laughs> Analysis. I'm watching Oscars, and now he's he's descending into TikTok madness. <laughs> he won't have the. He'll be ADD. He'll be able to like it's, watch a whole movie in like is, a month. This is just proof that we're all getting dumber during this quarantine. Oh shit! It's just yeah, happening. TikTok is not. It's one of my buddies that like kept sending us videos. So I'm like, okay, I'll look at it, and then. I looked at it. I was like, "Oh, this." Listen, is if it makes you fun. happy, it's a dark time. I don't think it makes me happy. That's. No. The, I don't know. I don't know if it makes me happy. Why? Okay. I just I'm don't know what deny I'm doing. You, Anthony, <laughs> you do what you got to do, buddy. You had FOMO. I, I. It's a little bit of FOMO. You want to see what? I guess what, I was a little, FOMO, a little FOMO, but then FOMO. I was just like, ah, I don't know. I. Don't, I don't know how I feel about it. That's the thing. I'm still in this weird limbo state about having TikTok and watching. Oh, stuff. Oh, I can't believe I. You have TikTok, and the Chinese are using it to spy. Yeah, on now, now they now, have so. all. Yeah, they know they can track exactly when you take a shit. All your base belong to us. All your base belong to us. That's an old one. Yeah. They know by the length of TikTok how long your shits are now, Anthony. That's all that's going to happen. Back to Quibi, though. Is this model still something uh, that will work in this new way of everything? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's tough to. I mean, this 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 era that this thing that we're living through. I don't know what what's going to come out of the ashes out of the rubble. (laughs) These three streaming services, HBO Max, Peacock, Quibi, they have tons of content that they can I think add. HBO Max is going to be the clear winner. Yeah. And that's that. Quibi may come I, and go. I said it. It will be law soon. Quibi should be Big B, <laughs> and it will be law. All right. I have spoken. Let's take... He has decreed it. Let's take a quick break here, play some promos. We'll be right back with Rug Boy's movie review pick right after this. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. That is by far my favorite 
because it's also character driven and the stakes are high and there's much more of a mystery and intrigue to it. A game like Wolfenstein, which people are saying are one of the most socially important video games of the past 10 years. Catch our shows on radio worldwide seven days a week or at any time on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts or on over 30 more podcast outlets. Hi, I'm Jen. I'm Brian. And I'm Henno. We're three friends that talk about mental health, wellness, and our lives. Through articles and tips, we share what has worked for us on our paths overcoming depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, alcoholism, and addiction. Come join us on our journey. You can find us anywhere you listen to your podcast. Just search for The Crazy Life. Remember, wiggle your toes and just keep breathing. Transmission commencing. This is Wookie Radio. Translated for the Wookie Affair. I like that Wookie. Your hosts, Ken, Derek, and Mike, bring you the latest news and commentary from the far reaches of the galaxy. Uh, hold it. Hold it. I said hold it. Subscribe today on iTunes and Stitcher. I just assumed it's a Wookie. Start listening today and remember the Force will be with you always. Listener, if you've been enjoying the show, we have a wonderful fan club you can join if you visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. And right now, huge, huge thanks to each and every one of you guys supporting the Jock and Nerd podcast on Patreon. Your support means more now than it ever did, and we appreciate it. And for you guys, you know, if you sign up, you're going to get... Uh, a bonus content, a whole RSS feed where the shows come out early and bonus content is released. We are going to try to post more stuff for our Patreon subscribers. (laughs) Because we love your support and your enthusiasms. So why don't we start something called the Corona Binge Reports? Oh, shit. Great idea. Wasn't it a girl? Whose idea was this? I think it was all of us. Rugs, Anthony? Uh, Anthony's idea. I think it was Anthony's idea. I didn't have the name, but I, I had the original kind of well, concept. Well, yes. what, what's the, where did this thought come from, Anthony? Walk us through this. Yeah, I mean, in a time like this, and I've, I've thanked people on those Corona Binge Reports, but at a time like this, you know, we know, we've always appreciated people donating, but even, especially now when, you know, you don't have to donate and maybe funds might be running a little dry for some people. It's it's especially important to, to be appreciative of that. So we are. And um, the people that are giving us money, you know, we're not going to be asking for we well we, well, we will ask for money. Sorry. But, you know, don't feel obligated. But the ones that are giving us money, we want to do something a little extra. So whenever we watch something new, because we have a lot of time on our hands, um, we're just reviewing it. So. Yeah, we're watching shit anyway. Watching it anyway. This week, there were seven bonus episodes of the Corona Binge Report. Oh, shit. Uh, Anthony, you have been working hard. What are the movies uh, you watched this week? Yeah, I've kind of gone on a just a movie binge. Yes, yes you have. <laughs> I'm hoping TikTok really doesn't derail this because oh, this has God. been a lot of fun. <laughs> Don't watch uh, the but TikTok. In the last, yeah. Yeah, besides, um, besides Godzilla versus the Smog Monster and the Fisher King, which we've, we're going to review. Um, I've watched on my own American Factory, which won uh, best documentary at the goal, at the Oscars this year. Uh, Book Smart, Moonlight, Moonlight having won an Oscar for best picture. Lady Bird, Vice, and Snowpiercer as of last night. Man, so. those are some quality films. And then nice. I, what did I do? What does the nerd do? But watch fucking Outbreak and Contagion. Oh shit! And I did a little compare contrast Outbreak. 
versus Contagion. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, f- interesting fact, Contagion came out 2011. They pretty much predicted exactly what's going on. I know right. people oh, Holy shit. I was like, oh, my God. Is this a documentary? And you know how you're like, I'm okay, let me wait for the resolution. See how they fucking handle it. There's no resolution. Everybody ah. dies. Yeah, there's no uh, – they don't stop this thing. It just is there. It runs its course. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do a uh, binge report as well okay. on the movie called The Farewell starring oh, I, Aquafina. I've heard about this. I heard, heard it's about very that. good. Yes. It's good. Heard it's very good. Have you seen good. it already? Or? Yeah, I've already oh. seen it. Yeah. For for what it's worth out of the all – so all those movies that I've watched, a lot of people would agree they're all pretty good or yeah. have gotten some accolade. Yeah. Um, American Factory is its own thing, so I won't necessarily include it, but my favorite out of those is Moonlight. Oh, really? So, Moonlight her- is the movie that moved me the most. Wow. Which mm-hmm. one? Wasn't that the one that, uh, it, it, what, when, the, when there was that's the, the Oscar where, mess up with La La Land? Was yep, that La La that's Land? The one. That's yep. the they one. They announced La La Land. But it was, was Moonlight. Really Moonlight. And they're yep. like, oh, wait a minute. We can, that's the wrong person. I was like, oh, oh shit. shit. And fucking, I forgot. Was it Steve Harvey? Who was the, the host? I forget who it was. I, didn't, I wasn't watching the Oscars. Yeah. At that time. I remember watching that going, oh, somebody fucked up big time. So your list of movies, American Factory on Netflix. I've watched that. It's very good. I loved it. Have not seen Booksmart. Have not I've seen. seen a little bit of Booksmart. I think I Hulu. checked that. Oh, it's I on Hulu. I checked out of Booksmart before it ended. Have not seen Moonlight. Is that. Moonlight's on Netflix. I have not seen Lady Bird. Lady Bird, I purchased on YouTube, or you can do it on Amazon for like four bucks. I saw, I saw Vice, and I really enjoyed which it. One is, which one is Vice? Vice is about Dick Cheney. Christian Bale as Dick Cheney. Oh, I did not see that. I really love that movie. And Snowpiercer is one. It's Great. Bong Joon Ho, who did Parasite, right. and I've been wanting to see it. I believe it's on Netflix. On Netflix yeah, so. definitely watch. I heard Snowpiercer is fucking crazy. Uh, and so I think I'm gonna watch that next. Hey, what's funny is when you post these, half the time I'm gonna be like. Like American Factory, I gotta. I was like, I'm gonna go watch this right now. I have to see what this is and then listen. So it's also forcing me to like keep up so I can listen to these because I just post them if I have. Have you seen watched any? So have you? I know Rugs has watched some of these. Have you watched any of these other than American no, Factory I, I and just, Vice? I just no. That's it. I just told you. I have not seen yeah. Booksmart, Moonlight, Lady Bird, or Smoke. Are, are you prompted to want to watch either of these? Any of these? No, sir, and then Moonlight. Okay, they're completely different movies. I know. All actually, the the fun thing about these is they're all different. Well, Booksmart and Lady Bird are kind of similar. similar. Okay, but everything else is completely yeah. different from the other one movie. Yeah, Snowpiercer is like a zombie action thriller. No, no, no. It's a dystopian future. Oh, dystopian sci-fi. future. Vice is it's, like it's a. a uh, I'll give you the concept yeah. real quick. It's a as Rug said, a dystopian future where. We fucked up the world so bad, and we tried to cure global warming that we we froze the earth. Okay, so everyone is living on this bullet train that, that just goes exists. around. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the train is segmented into like class. Wow! So the back of the train, the whole the whole concept is the back of the train wants to get to the front. Get to the front. Yeah, that's fucking great, and it's very similar to a movie I'm going to recommend on Netflix when we get to what we're watching. Uh, but all great bonus content and. You heard rugs. We may do some live streams just in the Patreon if uh, you guys want to join us there. So visit jockernerd.com slash Patreon for all the info. Let's I've move- got to, yeah. I'll just say I, I've got more in the till. You know, oh, okay, good. That I haven't seen, but I plan to see potentially uh, maybe a history of violence for, yes. for somebody. Yeah, potentially uh, Get Out or Black Clans, Black Klansmen or 
What else? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, keep it coming. Bro, do you even I, podcast? He does we're, sometimes. We're going to all do another round of these movies that we pick, right? Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that, too. Uh, speaking of that, let's get to this week's movie review. It is The Fisher King from 1991. Here is your spoiler alert. You, this incredible woman going to waste before my very eyes? No, this is outrageous. I will not hear this. No! No, come on. Jack, come on. I am your man, then. Let's do it right here. Let's go to that place of splendor in the grass. Behold my magic wand and free your golden orbs right now. You know what I'm saying, yes? Holy my penis. What a wonderful way of saying how much you like. Harry, close your pants. Took you long enough, huh? Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? <laughs> so like Rugboy just said, what we're, we've been doing the past few weeks is we've all picked a movie for each of us to watch. And this is the third out of the first round of these. And maybe we'll go back to doing our Patreon requested movies, or maybe we will check out one of these early release on VOD movies from the theaters. Uh, but if we do another round rugs, we should pick like a, a, a genre. Like everybody pick like a comedy movie. You think other people would like or something. I don't know. Right. Okay. We, yeah, we'll theme yeah. it up maybe. So, because right now it was basically a you know someone one of the three of us had not seen each other's picks, and Rugboy has picked the Fisher King. Uh, this movie on Rotten Tomatoes is eighty three percent, not bad. Six point nine five out of ten average rating. Box office of this movie, the production budget was approximately twenty four million dollars. The movie. Back in uh, what year was this? 1991 makes about 42 million dollars. So low budget, and uh, and really double. It really was an Oscar bait movie. It wasn't. Really it was a blockbuster. It was released in September. It yes, went into the all of those uh, art films. Yes, the the indie it got theaters. nominated for a bunch of shit. Saturn Awards certainly uh, did. Globes. And I think uh, Robin Williams won the Golden Globe. He won the Golden Globe. Mercedes Rule. When we get won to the, the cast, Oscar. she won the Oscar for Best Supporting. Uh, the screenplay got, and the directors both got nominated. Yeah, this was a, they, the Oscars love this movie. This movie directed by the great Terry Gilliam. Now, if you are a fan of Monty Python at all, you know the name Terry Gilliam. He's directed all of the Monty Python movies, and it's known for wacky movies like Time Bandits, Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Fear and Loathing. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas with Johnny Depp. Brazil. Brazil is another great Gilliam movie. So this one is very unique to Terry Gilliam's filmography. It's the first time he has worked from a script from someone else, and the first time there's no Monty Python people yeah, involved. so this is like a very different Terry Gilliam movie. But you see shades of, of Terry Gilliam throughout this whole movie. Oh, absolutely. He has a great imprint. So it's written by Richard La Gravenes, uh, and stars Jeff Bridges, Mercedes Rule, Robin Williams, uh, Amanda Plummer, who you will know as Honey Bunny from Pulp Fiction. That's right. Any of you fucking pricks move. Now I'll execute. Every last motherfucking one of you. Yeah, that's that's Honey Bunny and fun cameos from Harry Shearer, Tom Waits, and others. Uh, Anthony. Yeah. You have not seen this movie, correct? No. Yes. This is a uh, good 90s film. Why don't you give us your patented plot synopsis of someone who has never seen any of these movies and seeing it for the first time? (laughs) 
uh, what's his name? What's the guy, main guy's name? Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges playing plays, Jack. Plays Howard Stern. Pretty I guess, much, yes. Right? Jo- a shock jock. Yeah. And inadvertently uh, talks or talks to some psychotic person and inadv- inadvertently uh, causes this person to commit some murder. This guy's career, he, before this murder happens, he's going uphill. He's about to get on TV. This murder happens. He goes into a spiral. Basically wants to kill himself and meets a homeless man played by Robin Williams who kind of just turns his life upside down. And they have a little bond that happens throughout this movie. Yeah, that's pretty good. There's, uh, you know, search for a holy grail. There's them setting up love and romance. Uh, and so uh, let's start with you, Anthony. Never seen this movie. What did you think coming out of this movie when it ended? It's a weird film, first off. Uh, very weird. Very, you know, unlike a lot of things I, I would normally watch. Uh, I really enjoyed Robin Williams in this. Yeah. Um, Jeff Bridges is a little playing it a little bit more of a straight man um, comparatively, but uh, Robin Williams was definitely great. I was pretty much entertained throughout. Um, it's not the type of movie I would watch over and over again, but I was entertained uh, throughout the movie. And after thinking about it and then reading some stuff and doing some research, there's actually some um, pretty good themes in this movie oh, yeah. that we can get into later. Yeah. But overall, I think it's, it's very good. Um, and, I would definitely recommend it to people that are. You, I think you have to be kind of in the mood, though, to watch something like this. Yeah, like, I don't think. What kind of mood? Uh, kind of more of an open to anything sort of thing. Yeah, I don't think it's a necessarily. This is a movie. not a movie for like the regular movie-going yeah, crowd. This exactly. Not. Um. So a little bit of a. I picked this movie. Yes. Tell us why you uh, picked this movie, Rugs, and what it means I, to you. I fucking love this movie. <laughs> this is I a movie. Love this movie. Not because it's it's flawless. It's flawed. And I think that's the whole theme of the movie. Yeah. Is about being flawed. Absolutely. And I think it's done on purpose. And I think it's purposely done to to kind of rock you out of like out of reality. It's zany. It it pushes all of these cra- I mean there's a scene that is unforgettable of uh, Jeff Bridges gets <laughs> meets this weird like vaudevillian like transvestite lady yeah. <laughs> covered in shit in the park. Yes, and then he hires her to go deliver balloons yeah. to this woman in their office. Oh, it's so with Singing, sing- and it is so fucking. It makes you so uncomfortable. That guy is great, it Michael is Jeter. So, like, My- yeah, Michael Jeter is a great actor, and I love it. It's hilarious yeah. at the same time. Yeah. And I, 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 it makes me fucking laugh and and cringe at the same time every time I watch it, and it is, it, it, it does cause you to have reactions that are that you wouldn't have in a normal movie theater experience. And I'll, I'll put it this way: we don't have Jojo Rabbit without a movie like this. Absolutely, because this is like the Jojo. When I was watching Jojo Rabbit, I was thinking the Fisher King the whole yeah, time. Yeah, so um, it is. I, I guarantee you, uh, if you look at what Taika Waititi does, it's all Monty Python. Yep, yep. I mean, anything that he does is Monty Python. Yeah, is, yeah so, you can see the direct influence of Monty Python on him. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, yeah, anybody, yeah. I defy anyone, I'll fight you yeah. on this. What, <laughs> I'm right. What made you pick it? Because I love it, and I think that nobody talks about it, uh. and I think that everybody loves Taika Waititi, and I'm like, well, this is, this is, this is what Taika Waititi is doing. Gotcha. In his movie. You don't get Taika without Ter- Terry Gilliam. Yeah. He's doing absurd movies, yeah. absurd things. Yeah. 
that are touching and like heart wrenching at the same time. Yep. And he's using like, uh, like, uh, uh, imagination and fantasy to kind of, you know, whatever. But he does it with a child in his movie, but he uses Robin Williams as a homeless man yeah. in this movie. Uh, Terry Gilliam does. So it's the same kind of thing. And it's, it's, it's brilliant. And, um, it's also, fucking weird it's also not for everyone and i like that i like that it fucking you can't just uh have uh, joe off the street will go watch it and be like that's the stupidest i gotta leave this is so dumb i yeah. gotta walk out of the theater i'm like good leave because you're not gonna get to see something awesome yeah that's basically why i i, I always liked this film because of uh it, it was this kind of mix of all these different things it and it um it has this heart to it and it tells this great story it's got the uh King Arthur uh, legend that's at the crux of it, but it's also about like um, redemption and high and, and mentally ill people. It's yeah, a love letter yeah. to New York. It's so yeah, many things yeah. in one uh, shot. This is also, I've always loved this movie and for all those same reasons, it's haunting and touching. It is an original film. Uh, it shows a great combination of like New York at the time with just a hint of magic, a hint of fantasy. But don't you come out of this like you feel like you know the characters? Yeah, the performances and the the characters are great. I think they're all really strong performances. And the other thing I love that this movie touches on that I've always thought my whole life, especially when I lived in New York, is how everyone is really uh, on the edge of like sanity or insanity. Like who is really sane? Who is insane? How one person can with just a few couple of, uh, of circumstances, a few events can snap and end up on the street on the other side. I, w- I wouldn't be ra- surprised if Terry Gilliam read the killing joke. Oh, when, yeah, that's a good point. There's a lot, there's a lot of that. It's like one bad day, one bad day and several and just, people's lives change. Exactly. Right. I love how the characters are flawed. Uh, and you get to see them work through their flaws and get redeemed. But I've always thought that, that sometimes the the mentally, uh, c- you know, compromised people, maybe they're the ones who see everything right. And we're the crazy ones who don't, we're not seeing through all this bullshit, but they actually see it. Well, I, w- I would actually disagree. With, I don't think he sees the right thing in, when you're talking about Robin Williams. Yeah. I think he's mentally ill because he's suppressing the yes. bad thing that happened in his life. He's not seeing, he's not so mentally ill that he's seeing what's right and wrong. He's, he's using it as a mechanism. Like for me, like the movie is about um, just like overcoming your past and like dealing with the one thing Trauma. that put you there. Right. Yeah. So for like Jeff Bridges, it's dealing with the fact that he caused all these people to, you know, to die, including Robin Williams wife. Yeah. Robin Williams chooses to not even, acknowledge that that's his life anymore. he changes his name right but everything. robin williams used so jeff bridges looks to cope with it by helping robin williams robin williams looks to cope with it by finding love again right yeah like that's yeah. that's the thing is they have it's about like confronting your demons yeah yeah you know well i i think it's brilliant because all right so if we kind of get into this a little bit deeper all right so robin williams is a guy uh i think his name is henry sagan yeah, his real right. name. Yeah, in, right. the, in the movie, Perry. Perry goes by Perry, and, and he he he's out to dinner with his wife when this guy comes in and starts blowing everyone to hell, and he sees either his girlfriend or someone who he really loves get blown away right in front of him. Yeah, and that sends him into a catatonic state. And when he comes out of it, 
he names himself Perry, which is short for Parzival. Yep. And uh, who is Parzival, Rugs? Parzival is 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 uh, part of the legend of the Fisher King. And That's correct. And if you see uh, Jeff Bridges going through Perry's stuff, um, you'll see that he was a English teacher, and he was teaching and writing a manuscript on the Fisher King. So he re- he regresses into this story that he's loved so much about redemption, and he names himself Perry. Perry means to dodge, yeah, but it's also short for Parzival. Yeah, hmm. all right. So he's in his mind, he's Parzival. He's the he's the guy who's going to he's looking for the Grail. All right. Yep. And uh, the story of the Fisher King it's different. Uh, diff, diff, uh, it's an Arthurian legend, but it's basically about a king who's wounded. Some say like wounded, wounded, genitally wounded. And uh, he loses his lust for life, and he, the only thing that keeps him going is this, to look for this Grail and hoping that the the Grail could heal him. And um, so he's this crazy guy thinking that he's got to do this mission. And through a simple twist of fate, Jeff Bridges, the guy who he knows, yeah, in the back of his mind, is the he's the reason why the person that he loves is dead. I forget he never he recognizes him as he that does. person. In the oh, beginning, oh, when the he, beginning. he's like, I know who you are. Oh, yeah. So he knows who he is, and he saves him and, you know, ropes him into this. He's like, maybe if I rope him into this and he can understand what he's done. But it, it, this is all going on in the subconscious crazy mind of his. And Jeff Bridges is this guy who's been a narcissistic asshole his yep, whole life. Yep. In fact, the woman, the woman who's taken care of him, who's raised him up, who's propped him up, given him a job, given him love, and, and, and been there for him, he doesn't even, he despises her almost. Mercedes like, rule is so great in this role. Yeah, and it just every character is, is, is this really flawed, fucked up, and they fit in together like perfect puzzle pieces. And even the girl, you know, Perry is in love with, she's also flawed and perfect match. So the four of these people, I love that scene where she's sitting at the table and she's yelling at him for being late for dinner and the camera slowly pulls back and you realize he's not there and she's just having this conversation and you just really feel for her. Um, well, it's, it's that. Also, I saw this on a review and I agreed. She's, he's not there. But you could also interpret that as being, even if he was there, it would be the same conversation. Yeah, he wouldn't He's be still saying anything. not there. He never even says ment- anything. Even physically, mentally, he wasn't yeah, there. Yeah, I've learned how to deal with uh, people like that. You just don't say anything. Well, the, <laughs> just uh, like him. One of the big things I, I, I enjoyed, especially after in like retrospect, um, was when Robin Williams naked tells the story of the Fisher King. Yes, that's great. Um, but that, that movie, I mean, that story ends up being... It, like the whole motto of the movie, they're right? both kind of the Fisher it's, King. It's a, it's it. No, yeah, it's basically he needs this to happen, right? I think that's why he tells them the story. Yeah, he wants this prophecy to come true for him. Well, and the and the like the whole thing you learn from that story is like the fool finds this the the Holy Grail for the Fisher King. It's been right there the whole time. Next well, day. but it's also he finds it not because he was looking for it or he was doing this with intentions to gain something out of it. He was just trying to give the, the king some water. He was right? trying he to was, help. He was yeah. help him. Yeah. And that's the, the same thing that Jeff Bridges realizes is he's not, he, he, at first he was trying to help Perry to gain back his own career. Right. Right. He was doing it for selfish reasons. Right. And then when he sees Perry in the catatonic state, once again, yeah. he finally comes around on, 
I have to do this because I what not what I'm what I'm going to gain, but what it's going to do for Perry. I'm doing this because I want to do it. Yeah, now. he finally so makes he the choice to the be house kind. And, and, yeah, yeah. I don't know how you guys inadvertently actually saves a life too. Yeah, by doing that. Oh yeah, that's right. It was the the suicide they stopped. Right. So they both kind of helped each other. There was a moment in this movie. I don't know if you guys felt this that I, I, for a moment I was like, wait, is this? Is this the real Holy Grail? Could this actually be like they were playing it off like <laughs> this could actually be the real Holy Grail? Uh, but then, of course, when he gets there, it's just a fucking cheap. It's a, it's a cheap statue. <laughs> it's a cheap, cheap statue. Uh, cheap trophy. But it's the symbolism of him bringing it back to, to Perry after he gets his career back and his life back. There's just something missing. And then I love how he goes back to Mercedes rule, too, at the very end. I think that another thing that was great was the Red Knight. The yes, is, let's talk about the Red Knight. I fucking so love the Red Knight. Every time that Perry um, was starting to uh, remember. remember who he was, yeah. the, which is the Red Knight would appear. He would flash back to the event that night of the, the shooting. Yes. And this fucking Red Knight looks amazing. Practical guy in a suit on a horse with flames shooting out of its mouth. Holy shit. Can you imagine that? And I love the shots of the, the steam in New York and the shots of this thing going through Central Park. Uh, what about that ballroom scene oh, yes. in, in the middle of that, uh, Grand Central Station? That's another oh, so weird. beautiful <laughs> scene. The first flash mob on film. Apparently, Gilliam had this idea. Uh, the scene was supposed to be just a girl singing and everybody kind of slows down and focuses on her. But he's like, wouldn't it be great if everyone just started dancing with each other? So he shot this at Grand Central Station between 8 p.m. at night and 5.30 the next morning when the trains were about to come in. And I believe there are some actual commuters in that. But what? just a great location and a great, great moment um, to show like the mix of fantasy and reality in this movie. One thing I caught that was, it was clever was whenever the Red Knight comes and Robin Williams is spazzing out. Yeah. They would speed up the the film rate, but like or so, feet, whatever you call it, like point five seconds or one. Yeah. So it had this like manic feel of him just like freaking the fuck out. Oh yeah! Whenever he was seeing the Red Knight, I thought that was a nice. A lot of push-ins to his face and stuff. I thought Robin Williams was awesome in this. Robin Williams is, and he's kind it's of the type of role for him. I think everybody was great in this movie. I Absolutely, think everybody had these long monologues too that they didn't cut away, so they had to act. They had like. They had to really act in, in 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 without cutting away and just kind of committing to the what they were feeling, and that that makes you uh, invest emotionally into the movie. I know that I the first time I saw it, I was so like kind of like all over the place because this movie is is really fucking weird, and it'll make you uncomfortable when you watch it. <laughs> the second time, that's you a watch good movie. It, that third, does that. And after you, after you've kind of popped your cherry and you watch yeah. it another time. And you just focus on what's in the script and how they're acting it. It really is impressive. You know, you can, you can see like the, like the upset, how upset, uh, Jeff Bridges is when he learns about Perry and who he, and how you can see the guilt. He does so much acting without actually talking in this movie. You see it all in his face and it's so sincere and it's so good. And Mercedes Rule is great too. She's great. Like that, yeah. that is a real person. Yeah, yep. that is a person that from Brooklyn. Yep. That's how she there were be. so many Brooklyn moms that wear those fucking yeah. animal print yeah. fucking yeah. things, <laughs> and you know, and that look like that and talk like that. Well, what what I've, I liked about Mercedes Rule is I I just didn't expect her character be to be as well rounded as right? she ends up becoming. Like I thought she was just his hookup. 
that he hates, and she's also kind of just a scummy person. She's like a but, stereotype in the beginning. Well, yeah, but then but the scene that wins me over on her is when she goes out of her way to help um, Perry. Robin Williams, yeah. Perry, get the girl. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shit, like, yeah. this girl is actually has a heart as well. Like, she wants... She wants to see Jeff Bridges happy, and if it makes him happy that Perry's happy, she will do that. And he did you yeah. look at her boobs at all? Oh yeah. <laughs> How could you not? I looked at her boobs, but I also was like, I just for whatever reason I'm like, she's like in her forties, I think, when she's yeah, homeless. it's like an uncomfortable boob look. Yeah, like, I, I, it wasn't like a boob look where I'm like, oh, I'm turned on. It's like a yeah, those are. I mean, that does look like a decent set, but oh, what the? <laughs> I don't know if I like this. I love that. Yeah, I, I love that. I love, I love that about this. I love that scene where like she's feeding Robin Williams, and he's like, "Okay, you want to do this? Let's do this. Let's make love." He jumps on the table. Well, it's played so, so straight as if she's like the hottest woman ever, and yes. I'm just like, "Yes, what? What are we looking <laughs> at here?" What my favorite Robin Williams line? I wrote it down. Was yeah. uh. When they're discussing, when they're at the girl's place, what's the girl's name? Lydia. Uh, Lydia. Lydia. Yeah. Oh, Lydia. They're at Dear her place and they're discussing Lydia. how you know he she she thinks he's gonna want to come upstairs. Oh yes. And, and he's like, I got a boner the size of Florida. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. But that whole thing of him saying that yeah. is yeah. great. He's like, and and delivery, his whole delivery was so perfect. Coffee. She says something along the lines of like having a headache, and he's like, Well, yeah, we you know we just. I went on her first date, kissed, or uh, went on her first date, uh, broke up all in one night. Like, of course, that'd be a lot of stress. But we missed the like the, the best part, the kiss, the first kiss or whatever. And he never gets it, does he? No, they, he does. they do kiss. He does. And I just love her, that moment when she touches his face and she can't believe it. She's like, you're real. And that fills him with you know the joy and the satisfaction and kind of what he needed. Well, the first kiss gives him the satisfaction, but also puts him back in the place of right. Then he finding has love, a, he and has, he sees a red yes. Red that he has an episode and really gets hurt and ends up in the hospital. Right. Uh, the scene in the Chinese restaurant, so fucking charming, so wonderful, where Perry and Lydia are sitting across from each other, and she's so awkward. And he starts. She was like wiping her nose. Yes, he's she's dropping fucking food. wontons, and he's mimicking it to make it seem like it's okay. And then it keeps cutting as time goes by, and they all start to you know ease up and start to laugh and do silly things. And then he sings the Lydia song as the camera just sits sits in that same shot. It's so it good. Pulls back. You yeah. see all of these people that work at the. They're like, just sitting there just watching. Go home. They're just watching them. They're like, what is going on here? Okay, now let, let's talk about things that I didn't like. Okay. I mean, no movie's perfect, of course. It is a flawed movie. And I just like I what said, are it's, some part other of, flaws? it's part of the charm that it's flawed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the thing that I would change is the, the thugs. Oh, the, the guys thugs who are don't like, fit. We, don't, we don't want to look at your guys. Right yeah, here. the thugs, they, they, <laughs> they don't even need to be in the film, really. Like, they, they didn't work. They were like, that was the only thing that for me didn't work for me. And it never worked for me in any time I've ever seen it. It's, I was like, I wish those thugs were not in the movie. I wish that Robin Williams would have just saved him there and then gotten his ass beat or hit by a car instead of getting his ass beat mm, by, mm, by something. Mm. But like, I think the, that was, that's one of the things that's the weakest point of the movie. Those two, those two cut thugs. Everything else I think is great. I, I, I would, what I would say is this movie at times for me is a little too manic. Mm. Um, and I think as we're talking about, there's a lot of deep stuff in here, but you know, for 
most people, this isn't very easily digestible. And I think most people would watch this and be turned off right when uh, Robin Williams has him in, in has Jeff Bridges in the, in his like little lair and he's just going over like, it just being all crazy. Just it's being like, all manic and crazy. But yeah, that's what Robin's like the, the best. It does it does actually have a really good hook. Like yeah. it starts off with the asshole asshole shock jock and yeah. right away you yeah. get into Oh God, his his words just killed a bunch yes, of people. Yes, changed this guy's life. Also, if you right. notice in the beginning the the downshots of Jack, the close-ups of his mouth, where you know it's a pristine environment, Upper New York, and you know he rails on the yuppies about get these people out. Which for if the, you see, but if you see his radio studio, all these shadows cast yeah. into a cage. Yes, yeah. and then after his fall, it's a lot of birds, uh, worms eye view, a lot of upshot, color, and a yeah. lot of color, and it's less sterile and serene but i love when he rails on the yuppies which i wanted to explain to our younger listeners in the 80s and the early 90s yuppies were like the hipsters of the time they were like the fucking they were the generation everybody shit on were they uh i feel like they were yuppies were always giving shit they were young so, upwardly mobile they so, were like the hipsters i don't know i for me when i was growing up yuppies yeah. were like the the people that had a little bit of money. Yeah. So people looked upon them. It was yuppie for me stood for a young urban professional, young, upwardly mobile professional, whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's the guys who go to the fucking country clubs and they're trading stocks and they're all fucking right. Yeah. I wouldn't consider that though. The hipster, not hipsters, what they are, but in terms of like every generation had like a group of kids, uh, that would always blamed, uh, for everything. I, I, w- I would consider, for this generation, what yuppies are, yeah. like the Brads and Chads. Yes. Like pretentious people. Pre- right? Yes. Yes. So he's, but he's calling them out and he's really describing himself but just, at the same now time. Now we have people who don't have money that are pretentious. Yes. Or you have people that have money yes. that want to dress like they don't have money. Yes. There's, also all, there's, there's also that. Yes. So. It's all in the name of being pretentious. It's all <laughs> confusing. Uh, but just again, man, the themes of trauma and human kindness and poverty and homelessness. Look, this is not a movie for everyone. No. This is not a movie for a lot of people. This wouldn't have been a movie for me last year. I think all of Terry <laughs> Gilliam's movies are like that, I don't think like it's a that, movie for you, for, for you now. But like the thing is, it's, it, it, I mean, I think that you can at least appreciate yeah. things about it. Yeah. Right. I don't think you're going to slap this one in every once in a while just to watch. I'll never watch it again, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I figured that much. But it's one of my favorite movies. It's one of the people, uh, when people ask me, uh, what movie would you recommend that I've never seen? I always say this movie. Oh, interesting. It, 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 as I said, this is what gave birth to Taika Waititi. This is what uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is all based starts with this in uh, a way. Yeah. And I mean, I think if you're into com- comedy directors and films, you have to watch Terry Gilliam's whole filmography. It's very important because it's quirky, it's original. It's a different sense of humor. And and I think all Gilliam's movies are like that. They're not for everyone. That's kind of an acquired kind of an acquired well, taste. I, I mean, the the whole reason I got into Terry Gilliam, see, when I was a kid, I had this friend. He was like a w- weird kid and he loved movies. He loved horror movies. And he loved like artsy shit. Yeah. And I saw, you know, the Holy Grail. You know, fucking movie opens up with uh you hear the horses. Yes. And it's fucking a guy. It's a guy with no horse. It's a guy with two coconuts running and behind another behind guy. Yes. With coconuts oh, making the sound. So good. Now, if you stick around to that, some people will be like, "Oh, um, this is so stupid. Yeah. I'm not going to watch yeah. this movie." 
You stick with it's it. It's fucking brilliant. It's fucking hilarious. It's fucking brilliant. And it's great. So I learned at a very young age, I think I might have been in high school, yeah. uh, maybe uh, 16, 17, that, oh, fucking, this is a whole other way of fucking, and Monty Python, this is a thing in, in Britain. Oh, this is a whole crazy shit. So I'm thinking that Taika Waititi, who's just probably the same age as me, went through the same thing. Monty Python on TV, yep, saw the yep, Holy Grail, yep, Life of Brian, yep. all of these fucking movies. And, and and that's bled into his filmmaking. So I think it'd be it's also really good now that we have uh like you know, his movie that's it that it was nominated for an Oscar and everything and that we're talking about this movie too. So it's I think it's a full circle type thing. One uh best original screenplay, I believe, too. Best screenplay yeah. and for, be- for and what it's supporting worth, actress. Rabbit was is one of my f- one I have it ranked very high in my Oscar list. So yeah, it's basically Jojo Rabbit is done in a, I guess a, a more measured way. I would say a little bit more of a balanced way. It's not as off putting. I mean, at, or as as frenetic and and frantic and and crazy as as this movie. But I think it's they share a lot of DNA. Yeah, I could see that. He said, "Rugs, this movie was nominated. Robin Williams, Best Actor, Mercedes Rule, Supporting Actress, Best Original Screenplay, Art Direction, and Original Score. Mercedes Rule being the only one that won. Another thing I love about this this movie and how it connects to me is this is New York in the 90s. Like, I lived in this New York. Hmm. I ask Rugs, you know me, I talk to anyone. I knew a lot of crazy fucking homeless people. Oh, we've seen some homeless people. I've seen people exactly like all those guys, and I would run around singing, uh, I like New York in June. How about you? Just like them. Like, that is something. <laughs> it's so New York. That would totally happen. Not out of out, unbelievable at all. Have you ever cloud busted it? Yeah, not naked, though. <laughs> My clothes on. You, but you've been naked in other things. I've been naked in New York, just not cloud busting. <laughs> How small was Robin Williams' piece? I like New They didn't show it. It was a shadow. You could see it. I thought it was a shadow. I have my brightness way up. It was a shadow. I do have to say, having been to New York one time, and now I'm an expert on New York yes, things. Yes, you are. Um, when they were sitting on top of those rocks in Central Park. Yeah. I believe I've sat on top of it. He's like, I was there. Hey. There there. was that connection. Yeah. But this is like kind of the New York. And I think I've been in that field too. This is the reason I, movies like this is why I wanted to go to New York because the city had that element of danger and magic and fantasy always to me. Now no one wants to go to New York. Now I don't know. No one can ever go to New York again. No, but not right now anyways. Stay there. Everyone's getting out of New York. (laughs) I was always thankful for that, the uh, porno section that they were always going oh yeah her out. office is in the porn section <laughs> i love in the beginning where she's asking for that's kathy and jimmy asking for a movie and he gives her like ordinary people ordinary people's oh. he's like you'll love this she's fucking freaking out great pick rugs here's some- pinocchio too pinocchio is in there the doll the, the doll, pinocchio yeah. doll well oh yeah he's carrying it around he gets it in the beginning from the kid and then he gives it to he gives it to perry and then perry brings it back to him and he brings it back to perry yeah so that's another thing the lies is all about lying oh to yeah wow i like that mm. there is a lot of metaphor in the in this movie the more you and then you, you know when this. he wakes up he becomes a real boy yeah so yeah that's great. Uh, some other fun facts. Howard Stern was asked for tapes of his radio show for this. He refused and instead asked to be a consultant since they were basically modeling Jack after him. Studio didn't want to pay Stern, so they declined and Stern told them uh, to go fuck yourself. 
and didn't give him any tapes. Yeah, he shit on this movie because. But it's pretty much a stern uh, shock jock. And then James Cameron had been a serious consideration for directing, but was already deep in Terminator Two: Judgment Day. James Cameron. I don't know if that would have been, been a completely different, different movie. movie. Yeah. <laughs> it says here his vision would have been more reality grounded caper film. So it would have been like these people trying to get the Holy Grail. And there's a movie that apes this movie too. That someone saw the Fisher King yeah. and decided to make their own Fisher King with kids. Yeah. Oh, it's called The Mighty. Oh. And it's about I think it's Kieran Culkin is like this kid with like a disease that's supposed to die. And there's like a mid, like there's an art, there's like a medieval mission that they want to go on. It's very similar. I always love the Holy Grail stuff. That's, you know, it was in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Um, it's always the subject of lots of fun movies. Does it exist? I don't know. Where is it? So let's give this a score. Rugs, you go first. Give me a rate it out of 10. What would you give, uh, your favorite movie? Well, I love this movie. Yeah. I would, I mean, it's not a perfect 10 by any means, but I would say an 8.5. Cool. Good yeah. score. Just for the acting and the script alone. And some of the directing is, is, is fucking unbelievable. Like that whole flash mob dancing. Yeah. It's like, that's never been done before yep. in the film. Yep. That was yep. the first time. Um, yeah, it's just, and that red knight is just, you can never forget it after you see it. It's a good intro to Terry Gilliam as a, as a director where that's not too over, overwhelmingly Terry Gilliam, you know, it's not yeah. too crazy, but it's crazy enough. I mean, if you ever watch Brazil or Fear yeah. and Loathing, yeah. they're even more crazy than this. Fear shit, and Loathing so. is fucking great. I love that movie. A- yeah. Anthony, uh, what would you give this film? So if we were going based on entertainment factor alone for me, I would have given it a six. Okay. We were going with more of like all the themes and concepts. I'd give it an 8.5. So I'm going to go in the middle and go 7.2. Okay. Solid score. 7.2. He did the math on that. We got a point two. It's worth I something. I don't think the math is no? quite right on Whatever. that, but it's pretty close. It's a podcast. You don't have yeah. to do correct math on podcasts. That's the right. rule. I also have always loved this movie, um, and uh, I'm giving it an 8. It's an 8 in my book. I would recommend if you've not seen it. It is haunting and beautiful and great character work and great fleshing out of characters. And uh, you're, you're going to learn something about yourself watching. I this. think it's rom- one of the most romantic movies. It is also romantic yeah. in a real the dual, way. The dual romance is something that yeah. you don't see a ton in movies. And they did it well. With f- four very distinct characters. Yeah. Right? Now, let's one more. I wanted to ask this and I didn't get to act this. So Jeff Bridges. Yeah. All right. So his whole life goes into the toilet. Yeah. Finds this woman who like was really into him. Sees the the guy that he maybe that he should be. She, she's obviously not like his ideal girl. You know, I think he's you know looking for like a supermodel or something, whatever. He's dating a supermodel in the beginning. He is, yeah. yeah. So, so she's just kind of like this, like not super attractive, kind of like harsh. You know, very uh, thick accent, yeah. whatever from from New York or Brooklyn yeah. or Queens. And then the minute that he gets that weight off of his shoulders, he calls his agent and he starts to like, okay, now I feel good about myself. I can, I can, I can go back to work. Right. Drops her like, and leaves her like a dick. I was so mad at him when he did that. Now, at a certain point, he can't go on with his life anymore because he still has that guilt. He sees the, the other guy in the street and then ignores him. And then he's trying, he's, he's at this meeting and he's, hearing bullshit and he just can't forget what he just saw 
And then he's back. He goes back to her. I guess he ends up going back. There was there. something missing. There was happiness missing. There was an element that was. So he's the he becomes the Fisher King at that point. Yeah, he becomes this king that no matter what he has, he doesn't feel alive anymore. Mm. And he goes back to her because she is his white knight. Yep. She yep, is yep. the person that's actually saving the him. The women are the white knights for they're both the Fisher King and the women are both white knights. Yeah, that's or, a good yeah. Point. yeah. Yeah. So it's, I forgot to so mention great. that before. It's a group. I, I did so do you think that would actually happen in real life, Anthony? What what part? <laughs> that you would go back after you got your mojo back, would you go back to a woman that is Maybe not uh, that that has all of the things that you really need, but not the surface stuff. Oh yeah, I think that happens a lot. I think, I mean, you see, you see mis- mismatched couples all the time. You first do. Off. I always wonder um, about them. But yeah, I, I think that definitely that that seems more real to me than. Um, I mean, the, both scenarios happen really. Both there is the the when people get their life back together, they forget about the, their past. Yeah, right? yeah. But then there's also those people that are extremely loyal to who got them there, yep, and they're like, yep. you know what, this is. It's been right in front of me this entire time. I've seen I've seen both stories happen. And in the movie, like every time Mercedes uh, or uh, what's her name in the movie? Uh, uh, Anne, when she's trying to get him to say I love you and how you see how much she loves him and it's not being returned. And you just can't help but like, why? Why are you sticking even around? Even when he with says it to her, yeah. he doesn't even. He doesn't like, say it enthusiastically. Like when you like the juxtaposition of how you see Robin Williams professes love yes, to Lydia. Yes, compared yeah. to him. I love. It. I was like, I "Why is Anne with Jack?" <laughs> but she saw something in him that nobody else saw, and he needed to have that back. His life wasn't complete, so it's just so it's so touching. It's, it's yeah. very nice. Uh good stuff, guys. Rugs, great pick, uh, gentlemen. What are we doing next week? Do we want to figure it out now or later? We'll figure it out later. Whose turn is it? Yours? Or no. Mine? Well, there's several things we can do. We can go back to Patreon movie reviews. I can go back and, and pick another movie, and we can narrow it to a category. We can rent Bloodshot and review that. Oh, jeez. We have lots of options. Oh. Maybe we'll discuss Bloodshot. it in a, a quick post show. Okay. Let's get to News from the Nation. It's time for News from the Nation. It's time for News from the Nation. <laughs> Oh, that one was a little wet. It's a little watery. Yeah, I had chili today. Ah, uh, this is the mm. part where I uh, pull comments from our Facebook group, Talking Nerd Nation. I'm going to start with something I posted. This article got me mad. It's from Superhero Hype. The headline, Superman edges out Spider-Man as America's most popular hero. What? Get the fuck <laughs> out of here. Boo. Why are you surprised by this? It's Everybody knows rigged. Superman over yeah. Spider-Man. Is it? Uh, this is via yeah, a sorry, poll, a survey conducted by Heroic Hollywood by one poll. And the numbers, uh, edge Superman just out. Top five, Superman, Spider-Man, Batman, Captain America, Iron Man. I guess, but. That's, uh, that's interesting though, that that's right? the top five, right? because, um, maybe 15 years ago, you, I would have, I would have predicted the top five would be those three at the top and then like Wolverine and Hulk. Wolverine number 10, Hulk not even in the top 10. Wow. 
Yeah. Uh, the remaining Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Captain Marvel, Black Panther, Wolverine. But clearly, the movies that yes, up a lot all heroes that have had recent movies. Uh, Superman, obviously, look, he's been the oldest. He's been around the longest. Uh, he's had a mustache that was removed. I just think it's interesting that Captain America edges out Iron Man. Dude, people love the fucking uh, straight mm-hmm. shooting fucking moral, dude. As opposed to the shady moral, dude. This post, though, got a lot of comments from the nation. I'm going to share some of uh, their comments. Oh, no. Irving Delo Cruz posted on top of this. He said, so Imran posted the number one superhero of all time. And in this article, they did number one superpowers people wish they had. Invisibility one. What? What the fuck? So my fellow nerds, I posed the question, what superpower would you like to have? So in this article, after... Top favorite superheroes. Uh, the superpowers Americans want most. Number five, superhuman intelligence. Number four, superhuman strength. Number three, time travel. Number two, healing. And number one, invisibility. Hmm. Anthony, what would you, what, what, what power would you pick? Now, I, I'm saying this off the cuff, but I think I eventually it would make life less fun. Yeah. Eventually. It'd be real fun to have yeah. this for a good time. Yeah. Uh, the ability to read minds. Oh, like a uh, like a Charles Xavier. Xavier. Yeah. Well, I'm going. I was going to say the same thing. Uh, purple man powers. Oh, that's a very specific set of powers. Not only read minds, get people to do what you want. Yes. Oh. I would fuck up the entire world. <laughs> it would be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> now, I just want to elaborate real quick. I think it would be amazing to have that power. Rugs, what would the first thing you do? What would be the first thing you do if you had purple oh. man powers? Oh, my God. You asshole. I was up talking, you fuck. Uh, what would you do, Anthony? <laughs> yeah, go, ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I want to hear what Anthony wants to do. Well, I was, I was saying why I was going to explain why okay. it would be bad eventually. Oh. I think go for it. So at first, it would be fucking amazing. You would love to have this probably for a good portion of your life. But I think there is a part of people that enjoys the unpredictability of things. Yes. Yeah. So and that would be a totally eliminated. Imagine being surrounded by yes men your whole life. And- well even even not even the persuasion powers like yeah. just, just being able to read someone's minds. If you're intuitive enough, you would then be able to persuade people to do what you want. See, but uh. the thing is you could it, but you could like entertain yourself by playing chess with yourself. You could be like, "All right, I'm going to get this guy to do this. Let's see if I could fucking undo it." And then you know? get him to undo uh, it. Oh, that yeah, is. Yeah, let diab- me see if I can get this dude to take over this country. That is manipulation on a oh, diabolical and, uh, level. And let me see if I can undo it. <laughs> let me fucking see if I can unfuck myself. That'd be even more crazy. <laughs> Anthony Lisa Morrison agrees with you. She said, "As a teacher, I'd say mind reading, but only if you could turn it on and off." That would have to be. That's an important. Like, I don't want to really read minds. Yeah. I would just like tell people do whatever I say you do it. Mm. That's, a, that's, that's a little different. That's purple man powers. Irvin Dela Cruz says, "For me, super easy." Super speed, flash level, not Quicksilver, but not why you would think. I do it because your metabolism would be constantly burning calories, so you literally would need to intake a crazy amount of calories. So you get to eat pizza, ice cream, fries all the time with no consequences. Oh, shit. Which is something they don't do in the Flash show that has always annoyed me. Barry should constantly be eating fucking cheeseburgers. Irvin, the only drawback to that is you better have a shit ton of money to be eating all that food. And the other drawback Lisa Morrison mentions, you can't get drunk ever because your metabolism is so quick you would never get drunk. So is it worth not getting drunk? I don't know. Can you get stoned? Uh, you'd have to smoke a shit ton of weed. No, you wouldn't. None of that shit would work. It would just fly through your body. Mm. And where are you getting all this food? I can't even find toilet paper. 
Well, oh, the fuck. other power that I would like besides reading minds is complete invulnerability. Ah, okay. So I don't need to have super strength or anything. I just need to be completely invulnerable. Kind of like Luke Cage without, yeah, like Luke Cage. Yeah, I can't be killed. Like your skin can't be broken. I just can't be killed. Can't be killed. But then are you immortal? Or, yeah. Or you still age and die? I don't know. I mean, I probably live a lot longer than a normal person, but I feel like if you have that power, it has to like enhance the rest of your body, right? Like, it's say my skin is like ten times the you know. Is, oh, your nothing. veins and everything would also be like that. Yeah, yeah. it would never break. They down. wouldn't age. Good point. Yeah. Uh, Roberto Rivera says, "I always like the fact that Cyclops could shoot a laser out of his eyes. His character was kind of lame in the cartoons, but the lens over his eyes made him look cool and his superpower." Has always been my favorite. That could be fun. Shooting lasers. Justin Zwerner says invisibility for me. He uh, agrees with most Americans. And Johnny Isaac Sakiza Harris. Well, there's four names. He has a very specific one. The ability to turn into a werewolf at will. And while in human form, have 50% of my werewolf abilities. <laughs> I really thought about it. Wow. Yeah, apparently, uh, Johnny said, uh, I. That sounds like a furry to me. Yeah, it does. He said, I've <laughs> been thinking about this my whole life. My answer is boring. I've always wanted fucking Spider Man's powers. Oh, Just God. being able to climb walls and spider sense, I think, is super helpful uh, to have. Nobody could ever oh, touch Spider-Man's you. Spider Man's got a ton of power. Yeah. He's got more than one. They're all, they're all great, but climbing walls would be fun. Can you imagine your ass swinging through the city? <laughs> what is That'd that? Be, <laughs> it'd be like a white, uh, white. What is oh, it? What are those like, a cannonball little... things that destroy things? It, oh, uh, a cannonball, a wrecking ball, a wrecking ball. Yeah. or like somebody would be like, "Was that a lunar eclipse?" No, that was just Spidey Imran swinging past the sun. No problem. <laughs> what is that thing with a white and black beard fucking flying around? I've never seen anything. It's the weirdest tarantula I've ever seen. <laughs> Uh, Bosco Gabriel taking this further, going off of Irvin's last post about superpowers. Say you had the ability of time travel. Would you rather be able to travel freely forward and back in time, but only to the extent of a day from your original time or travel as far as you want, but you can only go back in time and you have to relive all the time that you have traveled back. Does that make sense? <laughs> sure. I think the the one day thing is great because you just pick a day where you find out what team won the thing and then go back a day and bet all your money on it and then you're fucking living large. Let's let me think about that. Would you rather me on Rugs, does that make sense? What are you what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean Why would you, you got a real boner to be like you know, somewhere else. Why would you travel like, back cool to, to get like, stuck it'd there? Be, it'd be cool to go back to the nineties and think of all this shit and be become like while like people are still able to be cool and then like <laughs> they were in the nineties. So would you go back to the nineties and live there and like create Yeah, but I would invent like all kinds of yeah, shit. Yeah, you that, would create like, like the microchips like, and why can't Valley? we have a car that's electric? Yeah. So, so I don't understand the first one. You can only go back and forth a day? You can go back only uh yeah, twenty four hours from your original time and and return to present your present, but the oh, other I'd rather do the other one where you but you're stuck. So if you went back a yeah. hundred years, you would be stuck there. Right, I wouldn't go that far back. First right. off, okay, but, but yeah, I would. I would then you would just be like what Rugs said. I'd I'd have yeah. all the great ideas. Yeah, I would just go back to a time that was fun, 
where women shave their pubes. <laughs> I feel like the second one is a one. I feel like I don't want to go too far back into the 70s yeah. because then there's the It gets a little bushy. Yeah. It's a little so bushy. I go to a, yeah. in the 90s. I think it's a good thing. My balls was hot. So the second one is a one-off. You travel back. You're done. You're stuck. You got to live the rest of your life. The first one, you could go back and forth 24 hours whenever you wanted. I like the first one. I would go well, with the, the first, first one. one is more if you give a like if you, you had a great day you want to go back or, or if you, you made him fu- you fucked up yeah, yeah. and it's the first yeah. one is like you give a fuck about your current situation your that's, family that's and all true that. the other one is like I am I hate everyone in my life <laughs> <laughs> I want a different it was life. so much better yeah. back then I think the first one would make a good movie that would be interesting like what you would do with this power anyways good stuff nation Bosco Gabriel. Uh, let's finish up with what we're watching. Of, of course, Anthony gave us his fucking six movies that he's been watching. So we know what you've been watching, Anthony. Anything outside yeah. of that? No, nope. Just taking more movies in and open to suggestions. So there you go. Rugs, have you checked out the first two episodes of The West World? Yes, I have. And uh, your spoiler-free thoughts? Well, I think the first two episodes were a lot of setup. So they're setting up Maeve. You're setting up. Dolores, Bernard, you're setting up everybody who's back now. Yeah. I think the next episode is going to be like where th- stuff starts to happen, where we're going to actually go somewhere with the story. Yeah. I like it. Little spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. There was Anthony in the so the show. It's all about this company that makes like robots and hosts and creatures that look real, right? Right, right. There's a shot where the guy's walking through the offices and it's all glass windows. And in the background, you see one of the Game of Thrones dragons. Oh, shit. As an animatronic thing, as if to say the Game of Thrones like exists in that universe or did HBO just have a 3d model done? And they're like, here, just put this in the show. I think it's just an Easter egg. It was crazy. Okay. They have this. So basically what you learn is that somewhere in China there, that's where they have the Westworld park. Oh, that's where and, it is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And in China, they have this gigantic park and that it's bigger than you'd know. It has, Samurai world, it has cowboy world, it has medieval world now that we also know that. And Nazi world, Nazi Germany world. world. Yeah. So they have like all of these little worlds that you can hang out in, like basically like a video game. Like you could just go in there and be fuck shit up. So I just think it was a nice little nod to Game of Thrones that if you had a fantasy, like, you know, knights and shit. With dragons, like that would be fun to do. There's other, you see other Game of Thrones uh, costumes and like Game of Thrones type people in there. Just, it was just very weird. Apparently, it was George R. R. Martin's idea also to do this when he should be just shutting up and finishing his book. George, think that we're going to spend a lot more time in the park, or I think it should all be in the real. I like the real world stuff in the first episode, and I think like Maeve's got to figure out how to get out and fucking. Get stop Dolores. I can't wait to see Dolores fuck some shit up. Why does she want to stop Dolores? I don't because understand. Dolores is going to take over. She wants to take over the outside world. She wants to kill all the humans. Yeah, I guess. she wants to take over the real world. It's good. I like it. It's a little more straightforward, less convoluted than the, you know, the last season anyway. So it's good. Well, what happened, the thing that sucked about it is that nothing, death didn't mean anything in the show. Right. You can die because you're a robot. You could die and just come back. That's like Altered Carbon, too. They just spin you back up. You just put yeah. the stack in a sleeve. Well, it kind of takes a little bit of the, you know, the weight out of the show. But, you know, it's still very, I I love 
I love shit that like tr- attempts to be deep, that attempts to like ask like, existential questions about like what is a person, and, like what is reality, what is this, and like are we better off, or what are we all, what are we all like evolving to? Yeah. What is the point of life? Like all of that stuff. It's it, it, it likes to fuck around with that shit, so it's fun to watch. I have two pretty amazing and completely different recommendations of things I watched on Netflix that I think you guys will enjoy. One is a Netflix movie called The Platform. Anybody heard about The Platform? No. No? Okay. This is a uh, Spanish-language movie by a first-time director. I'm going to give you the premise because if I say anything past that, I'm going to spoil the movie. It's fucking wild. This movie is about a prison called The Hole. And the way this prison is set up, it's vertical uh, chambers, hundreds of floors. uh, And there's two people on each floor. And in the middle of this prison is a giant cut out hole and through this hole this platform starts at the top and moves down what's on this platform well at level zero you see uh gourmet chefs and sous chefs and really high-end food prep and the table is covered with the best gourmet food desserts you know whole turkeys just covered with wonderful food enough to technically feed everybody below if everyone eats their portion so the platform goes down to level one level one people they can eat whatever they want for the few minutes this platform is there then the platform moves down to level two level two has to eat whatever's left if by the time it gets to like level 50 there's food there but it's like scraps and bones and you have to eat other people's backwash and if you're in the bottom level you're shit out of luck. There's nothing left. Sounds like Snowpiercer. It's does it? Yeah, it's it's a very interesting commentary on on you know caring for other people in the prison system. And so this guy wants to shake things up, and fucking crazy shit happens. It is like social distancing at a buffet if I've ever seen. <laughs> but it's got it's 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 wild, and it's just a roller coaster ride. It hooks you from the beginning. Check that out. And then we mentioned in the at the top, Anthony, your thing that. Uh, uh, Big, what's his name? Uh, oh, a fat Jewish. Fat yeah. Jewish. Tiger King. Tiger King on Netflix is a fucking wild documentary series. I've seen the first three or four episodes, and it's about this dude called Joey Exotic who has a private tiger farm, uh, and he is the gun toting, mullet wearing, homosexual uh, cat owner. He's got like 200 big cats. But then you are, uh, and there's like a mystery, there's a murder, there's some shady shit, but you are introduced to this whole community across the country of people who have fucking tigers and big cats, like literally in their backyard, they're opening their own zoos, there's a fight against PETA, and I had no idea that there was such a big problem of people buying, uh, it's not illegal to buy a cat, they buy them as kittens and then it gets too big. Uh, but there could literally be a big cat in the backyard of one of these houses, wherever you are. I had no clue. So Joe Exotic is the Tiger King. This guy, he's ran for office. He's made music. It's fucking wild. And the characters are amazing. Uh, you would not believe anything in this documentary. So those are those are my two solid. That's pretty bonkers. Yeah. I mean, I do enjoy me some murder mystery, weird doc, like. Doc, uh, crime docs. So yeah, I might check this out eventually. Seven episodes, though. It's not. It's not a lot. That's that's uh, it's not that bad. I'm on the movie kick right now. So yeah, eventually yeah. maybe I'll get around to it. Platform and 
Tiger King, which serves as a crime drama document and like a documentary because you do learn a lot. Anything else? We watch it. I watched. I rewatched Universal Soldier. Oh, why? Oh, oh my God. Why? Blast from the past. Roland Emmerich. Oh, yeah. I uh, did that. Yeah. It's one of his movies. Uh, it's a uh, bad movie. <laughs> yeah. it, but um, I, Universal Soldier is like a, for me, a fun bad movie. Yeah, it's a fun. Bad I haven't movie. seen that in years. You get to see John Claude Van Damme's ass in all of its glory. In like two gratuitous ass shots. John Claude Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren in the same movie. Yeah, I was like, I gotta watch this again. I haven't seen this in the longest time, and uh, it's like uh, it's not very good, but like it's still watchable, and then could enjoy it. <laughs> still a good guilty pleasure, Rugs, huh? It's a John Claude Van Damme movie. Yeah, like, they're, they're all guilty great. pleasures. All right. Uh, listener, we are up to 119 ratings on the Apple podcast app in the U.S. If you have an iOS device in the U.S., please give us a rating. If you have not done so, we're trying to get to 200 so we can uh, trick Rotten Tomatoes into letting us in as uh, reviewers and whatnot. Uh, Make us legit. We're trying to be legitimate, a legitimate business. I love legitimate theater. Uh, and yeah, that's about it. Rugs, where can the listener find you online? You can find me at Really Rug Boy on Twitter. Try, I'm being nice right now because of the whole COVID thing. Oh, take it's taking the edge out of rugs. Uh, listener, check out the show notes for this episode, jockandnerd.com slash three, two, one. For all the nonsense we talked about, links, how to get in touch with the show, how to subscribe, how to support, and uh, share the show uh, wherever you are on your social medias. Stay safe, wash your hands. Uh, thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's the nerd. We'll hear you next time. Let the little guy out the wind. I Be the little guy. It. Not funny. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Floppy Jock. Floppy Jock. Jock and Nerd.